takes it a little while. It's running a little slow this morning. Uh, good morning, guys. Welcome to Sunday. Welcome to the Office of Living Line Outdoors. It is a semi-beautiful morning. It's fixing to get hot. Uh, it has been miserable here. Did get some rain and some storms last night. Cooled things off a little bit, but I'm afraid we're going to pay dearly for that today with some humidity. So, uh, with that in mind, I want to jump into this. I'm going to share a little bit with you this morning. And actually, I'm going to have to share a funny story with you. I'm, I'm traveling a lot right now, working. I'm in and out of Tulsa right now. I've, I've been over in Missouri and came back to go to work in Tulsa. And I'm, I'm, we're working there off the Tulsa airport at a Hertz facility. And, and of course, I, I listen to Christian radio. Most of y'all know that. So I have preset buttons on my truck. So I can, you know, as I travel different places, all I got to do is push the button and it takes me to that area's Christian radio. Um, which is convenient. I, I love doing that, and, and it's easy. And so I listen to a lot of Christian radio. And KXOJ out of Tulsa um, it is the station I typically listen to when I'm in Tulsa. So I punch that button on my way in, and they air a commercial that that um, it, it took me a while to figure out. It, it's you know I, I sometimes my mind isn't all the sharpest, so, um, it, but in the process of figuring it out, I got kind of funny. With it, and and decided I'd share that story with you today because it just um, it's just too funny, um, and I got to thinking about it this week, and it made it even funnier. So, but I, I hear this commercial, <laughs> and I, and I swear to you, for for months after hearing this commercial, and I've and I've heard this commercial for a couple three years now, but for months I I know what this radio DJs were saying was you know advertisement for Little J's Bait Shop and Coffee. And I thought, well, what a unique thing, Bait Shop and Coffee. You know, I mean, kind of funny, I kind of odd that they advertise Bait Shop and Coffee on Christian Radio, but I guess, hey, if you're a Christian-owned business, maybe that's where you advertise. And, and I have heard this commercial time and time again, and I, and I kept thinking about how cool it would be to have a bait shop with coffee, you know. I mean, a place guys come in, hang out, tell their fish stories, whatever, buy their bait go fishing so anyway i did learn that it's not bait shop and coffee it's little jay's bake shop and coffee uh, in other words they're baking goods they're you know probably donuts and cakes and pastries and things of that nature makes a little more sense to have bake shop and coffee than bait shop and coffee but i got to I got tickled by it this weekend or this week because I was driving into Tulsa and I kept hearing this commercial and uh, and I got to thinking because it was talking about with all the COVID things and all the stuff going on and social distancing how that you could just call your order in and um, and it would and, and you could just stop and pick up an order so in other words a little curbside service if you will and so I got to thinking about that and I got kind of tickled and I thought yeah I can just see myself calling into this place and saying hey I need two dozen minutes half a dozen crawdads, some stink bait for catfishing, you know, if you could fix that all up for me, I'll be buying a little bit in a large cup of black coffee. I, I just, anyway, my mind is a little simple sometimes. I got kind of humorous about that and just thought uh, thought that was pretty funny that you could just call in and order to the bait shop, stop by and pick it up. I, I, I'd actually enjoy having a place like that. Uh, I really, that's kind of my, my retirement dream i want to run a bait shop and coffee house <laughs> uh that's a whole nother story but anyway little jay's bake shop and coffee uh located at 1032 south sheridan in tulsa if, if, if you want that information 
uh, stop by their Facebook page, tell them, hey, uh, I'm actually going to send them this audio just, just for fun, tell them I did a little advertising for them, but um, just just kind of get the humor out of the way this morning. Now I want to get a little serious with you. The, the title of this message this morning is called To, to Those Who Endure. Um, the Bible's full of, of little segments talking about to those who overcome and to those who endure till the end. And, and I want to talk a little bit about that. We're in, we're in a crazy time. Um, what an incredible time, to, especially to be a Christian. And, and the Bible references this time a great deal. Uh, and, and I'm not a scholar. I'm not a biblical expert. I'm, I'm, I'm not an uh, a expert in the prophecies and things of that nature. And I, I'm intrigued by prophecy, but not necessarily. Um, some of the prophetic teaching today is a little out there. Uh, everybody's trying to figure it out. Everybody's trying to figure out when God's coming back, and I, I don't, I don't see any point in wasting time there. We're here till He does. We're here till He calls us home. Um, so we need to make the best of that time while we are here. And and but in talking about end times, this week I received a, a, a message in, in Facebook Messenger of a video, and, and I gotta say that that it messed me up. Um, and I've shared this video with a few of you, and many of you have seen it. This this video was was just a, a pastor from Kentucky, um, and he began to share about some dreams that God had given him uh, back in December, actually. And he you know he he said the the way to verify that these dreams actually did happen in December was he shared this with his men's group in January um, about what these dreams were. You know, what God was showing him in the midst of these dreams and and, and God had showed him a calendar and, and I, I'm not going to get into details because I, I, I don't want to do that but but God had showed him a calendar and, and he had you know put his finger in the, in the in this dream and the, you know this big finger would touch on these months and it was March April May and June and it tapped on June three times and 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 he kept hearing the words brace yourself and and he and he saw in this dream he saw um, masks and and chaos and uh, multiple multiple things you know like what we have seen uh, since the rioting has broke out and since all the things have taken place with this COVID nineteen and so you know these dreams actually I guess if you will came to pass and then he's expressed that he has been given another dream and again the calendar is there and it and it you know he points to July to August and to September and he taps on September three times and again he hears the words brace yourself in the midst of this and and then he goes on to October but then in when the when the finger goes to November the finger changes to a fist and it punches November and, and the calendar kind of shatters into 3D and the numbers fall and 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 he sees lots of different things uh, um, very uh, very detailed items in this in this uh, presentation that he gives and um he talks about the 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 cashless you know going to to in his dream his church was going to do a yard sale and he went to the bank to get some change and the bank didn't have any change and wouldn't give him any change and basically told him he just needed to super inflate and instead of a dollar fifty go to two dollars and and then warned him that the dollar the five and the twenty would be next but there was no more change and yeah we're seeing that i guy my co-worker that i'm working with right now um, got a voucher for 63 cents a credit at Quick Trip the other day because they didn't have any coin change to give him. So it is a very strange time. Very, But these dreams that this man describes, 
and I'll tell you, he's not a he's not a megachurch pastor. He's um, in his mind, he's not anybody. He's he's a pastor of a, a little congregation of eighty to a hundred people in the middle of Kentucky somewhere. Um, this man's received death threats. He's received all kinds of trash from this video that he's put out that's gone viral that people have shared all over the world uh, with people bashing him and threatening him and man all he did was just share a dream that God he feels like God gave him so you know I pray for that man I pray for that pastor in that church that God continues to use him in such a voice to this end times if you will um, but when I heard this I got this sinking heaviness inside of me and it bothered me I, I struggle. I have some struggles with anxiety, and, and uh, I, have, I have struggled with anxiety different points of my life, um, some to the point of medications to, to where now I try to just control it. Um, but, but that anxiety is real, and, 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 I, and I know that a, that a lot of people deal with these things. And, and, and as, I'm, as I'm thinking of what he says, this anxiety raises up inside of me, and I begin to think of my, my kids and my grandkids and you know, Rhonda's kids and Rhonda's grandkids and the fact that, man, I don't want them to have to deal with some of this stuff. You know, all my life I've heard that the end is coming. You know, it could be tomorrow. That Jesus could come tomorrow. I've, I've, I've heard that my entire life. I'm 56, somewhere in there, years old now. So I've heard this all my life. And, and, and But I look at today and what we live in today and I realize that we are living in biblical times. We're, we're living in things that are unfolding that were written thousands of years ago and, and we're seeing that right now. We're seeing it unfold right before our very eyes. I, and there's there's a lot of argument. There's there's a lot of people who argue with this. I'm, you know, I have friends on both sides of the fence. I have friends who are not believers. I have friends who are believers but are not followers. Uh, and there is a huge difference as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, I don't really call myself a Christian anymore. Um, I, I consider myself a follower of Christ. I'm, I'm not... Um, I'm not going to wear a label. I'm as human as anybody else. I can make bad decisions as good as anybody else, and I make my share of them. Um, you know, things can come out of my mouth that probably shouldn't. Uh, my opinion sometimes gets me in trouble. So, I, I mean, I, I understand the human side of who I am, and I understand the human side of who everyone else is. And I, So I, I try not to be terribly judgmental there, but when a when I'm when I'm confronted with something that needs a truth spoken into it, I have a hard time not doing that. And and the only thing I know to do is bring bring biblical principle to it or scriptural, because my my ideas or my opinions are really not going to matter. Uh, but in in my mind and in, in my heart, I believe that God's word is truth, and and, and the Bible says that truth will set us free. So in that, I, I want to make sure that I do everything I can to promote that truth. So here I am with this anxiety this fear and I'm thinking of my kids and my grandkids and, and Rhonda's kids and grandkids and I'm I, man I'm getting almost sick to my stomach of, of listening to what this man has said and, and, and chewing on it and thinking about it and thinking about what we're already seeing and the fact that I've already had anxiety about the rioting and the people standing in the roads and here I've got to drive through Tulsa and they've got you know I've already had problems in Tulsa and you know I don't I don't I don't know what to do with some of that sometimes and but I know that God says that, that, that he's not about a spirit of fear. And that fear is not of him. And, and I need to, you know, so I gather myself together and I try desperately to to gain control of this anxiety. And I began to think about it. Why am I anxious? 
you know, what is really pulling the root of this anxiousness out? And and I really began to feel like what God was beginning to show me in the midst of this is I need to take that anxious feeling and turn it into a compelling nature. A compelling nature that, 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 that gives me the desire to share the truth with everyone that I encounter. To speak that life into those that, that, that don't have any life. To, to, to be a light shining out into that darkness. And darkness is all around us today. God has called us to be a city on a hill. Matthew chapter 25, I believe it, talks about us being a, a city on a hill. You know, so that all others can see and that, and that God's light shines out and they know whose light it is. With that in mind, I, I want to bring some biblical principle to some of this. Um, I didn't prepare a whole lot of notes. I've just had this rambling in my head and decided that's exactly what I was going to do today. I was just going to kind of ramble, uh, do a little freestyle, um, and just share from my heart what I feel inside and where I think we are. But if, if you look at, at biblically where we are today, in, in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus actually addresses this. Matthew 24, and I'm just going to use 12 through 13, he says, Because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures till the end will be saved. Now there, there's that word, the one who endures till the end. Guys, we're, we're in a time where we have to endure. Um, the, the love of many will grow cold is how Jesus describes it. And when you think about that, you think about where we are today. I've already seen it. I've already seen people who have fallen away because they feel like God has deserted them or God doesn't help them or God didn't hear them or God doesn't care about them. You know, and, and they've allowed this this doubt and this fear to draw them out into the world again. And they've let go. You know, I, I've, I've <laughs> I grew up Pentecostal realm, grew up in the God Church. Um always hear you know the first you know once saved always saved theology and and i'm not a theologian and i'm not about doctrinage and all that stuff i think it's a bunch of hogwash just throw it all the way and just get back to the principles of god in front of us um and i understand there's a lot to that but the simple principle questions is asked of me can i lose my salvation no i actually don't think you can i don't think it's i don't think it's something that can be lost can you put it down Yes, I do believe that. Can, can you walk away from it? Yes, I believe that. I believe that you can turn your back on God and walk away from Him. Uh, the, the Bible clearly describes multiples of that. I, I did not prep scripture for that. Um, if you want to argue with me, I guess you can. But, um, but the Bible is very clear that, that we can, you know, as a matter of fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some scripture later that, that may kind of help with that. But, but this lawlessness will increase causing the love of many to grow cold. And I really believe that's what he's talking about is those who once were his are going to turn away and they're going to walk away from him because they're they're caught up in the fear. This anxiety that attacks me can actually overwhelm me at times and I have to really focus on who I am in him to, to regain that control. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching sound doctrine uh, but having itching ears they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths holy cow are we not seeing that today I've seen that for years where, where people flock to a teacher to a, a church if you will a pastor who will who will speak to them the things that they want to hear um, you know not um, not call them out on their sin 
not question them, them on their sin. I got accused of being condemning at one point in my ministry with youth. Had some older youth who um, who actually went to my pastor and said that I was condemning them for their sin. And, and my pastor called me in and talked to me about it. And I said, well, I think they're misrepresenting the word. I think what they have is conviction because I'm calling out their sin. I'm calling out the things that they're walking in that are not biblical, that are not according to the ways of God. And and, and that's not condemnation, guys. That's that's conviction. That's that's when, when we're called on the rug on something and we get this stuff inside of us. That's, that's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, man, pay attention. You know, there's things in your life you need to change. It's, it's not that I'm any holier than you. It's not that I'm any better than you. I, I get that same thing in me all the time where, where either God calls me down or, or someone else points something out to me, and I have to stop. It makes me mad because I have to stop and think, wait, you're right. I'm, I'm offline here. You know, I've got to get myself back in row. But think about that, that there's a time coming when we want to endure sound teaching. You know, that, that this, this, we're going to turn away from the truth and buy into the myth. And we're seeing that almost day in right now. Isaiah 54 says this, though. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, shall you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. It doesn't matter what people say against me. I, I get a lot of it right now because I stand for truth. And in the process of that standing for truth, I have a lot of people who throw rocks at me, is the way I like to say it. Throw rocks all day long. I'm still going to defend myself with what I know is truth, what I believe is truth, and what I've seen as truth in my life and in my history. Now, what I wanted to share with you real quickly, I'll try to wrap this, there's so much you could talk about here. In, in Revelation, the end of the Bible, the, the last book of the Bible, Revelation, there are some things I love to preach about a couple of these, but there are seven letters to seven churches. All seven of them end virtually the same way. Uh, the letter number one went out to the, the loveless church is how it's titled. And this is the church of Ephesus. And, and it talks about losing their first love. Now, now if you think about that for a minute, I've, I've loved preaching that one because if, if you... If you think about when you came to know Christ, if you've had an, that encounter, that, that life-changing moment where God has changed your life, there is something that rises up inside of you that, that no one can take. I mean, it's this, this encompassing peace and love. But what, what this actual letter to this church is talking about is turning away from that. We, we allow the things of the world to bog us down, to weigh us down to where it, that love of many grows cold. And, and we're allowed to be drawn away from our very first love. And in the book of, of uh, this letter to the church of Ephesus, is just that you lost your first love. But then he describes how to get that back. And, and he ends that with, to him who overcomes. To those who repent and to overcome, I'll grant for you life everlasting. Second letter, the persecuted church. This is the church of uh, Smyrna. I don't know how to pronounce some of this stuff. But they've gone through suffering and persecution and 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 he again talks about to those who overcome. You overcome this rough time, you overcome these things that you endure, these things that you do, to those who overcome. I'll I'll grant for you the, the, the lampstands. And I, I'm not I didn't mark all these things down, I didn't keep all these notes, but think about that. The persecuted church. Now we go to church number three, the compromising church. Whoa. 
Uh, this is Pergamus. You cause the faithful to stumble. This 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 compromise that we we allow at times. You could bring a whole message out of that about who we are in Christ today because we allow compromise. Compromising our message, compromising our faith, compromising our walk with God. And that's what he's pointing this out to this church of Pergamos. And he's saying, listen, repent. Get your life back in order. And to those who overcome, to those who overcome, I'll grant you eternity with me. Going to church, the letter number four is to the corrupt church. This is Thyatira, however you pronounce that one. Allow persecutions. Um, or perversions and sexual immorality. This is a church who says, hey man, just live your life however you see fit. You know, this freedom of choice today. We see it all the time. We, we're actually seeing bodies of, of faith that are beginning to allow things that God biblically clearly states are not good. This, this sexual immorality and, and these perversions that he black and white prints it out in front of us but we're seeing that aloud, and, and that's he's, he's telling this corrupt church, you got to repent, you got to turn back to me, and to those who overcome, to those who do repent, to those who overcome, to those who get their life back in order, again I grant for you eternal life. The fifth church, the dead church, this is the church of Sardis. Your works are not perfect, but he goes on to talk about this this dead church, this. This church that has no life, and I mean, I just, I just, I, I can envision lots of these. You know, I've, I've been to a few of them, <laughs> where where there just weren't much life in there. You know, it's like, hey, why are we going to church? Oh, because it's Sunday and we're supposed to. Wow, that's not why we go to church. We go to church to fellowship with God, to fellowship with other believers, and to celebrate ministry and to celebrate life and to celebrate our life with Christ. And there's an excitement with that. It shouldn't be a dead church. It it, it shouldn't be this this lifeless being. But what he's saying is, is find that verse love again. Come back to me. And, and this particular one ends with, for he who has an ear, for those who are listening, listening to my message, come back to me, and I'll grant you eternal life. The letter number six is to the faithful church. I like this one because you have kept my commands. You've been faithful through all of these things, these hardships. This man, you've you've saw your your economy ruin. You've You've not had the money you needed to do the things you needed to do, and but you've remained faithful. You've not lost your hope in me. You've stayed faithful. You've continued to preach the word. You've continued to, to, to seek me in all things. For he who has an ear, for he who has an ear, for he who, who comes into mine, who, who becomes mine and, and comes back to me in the process, who doesn't blame me for all of these things, Letter number seven to the lukewarm church. I will spew you out of my mouth. You're neither hot nor cold. You're somewhere stuck in the middle and you're just going through the motions. It, it really brings me back to reminding me about um, this this teaching because we have itching ears. That to me is this lukewarm church. It's just this place that sounds good. Everyone likes what you say, but there's no life changing going on. And in the process of that, he said, that you to become hot or cold, then to him who overcomes, to he who overcomes, man, I don't know what else I can, can say to this. We, we are in some very difficult times. Um, 
as this man's video brought so much to me in, in, in the way he presented, the way he shared these things, he, there's more coming. A lot of the stuff that he dreamed has already happened. It, it came, it came true. It, it was, I mean, we've seen it. He, he spoke it in December. We've seen it transform and, and transpire throughout these, these last few months. But the things that he continues to see, if, if what he sees is true, there's still more to endure. We're not done yet. And, and life's going to get more challenging. There's going to be more struggles. Uh, we're, we're facing them day in and day out with these cities and states and, and putting these mandates in places that we don't necessarily agree with. But keep in mind who we are in him. I'm I'm not going to get into some of the things that we're having to do or having to see, but keep your eyes on Him. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Because it's to those who endure to the end. It's to those who overcome that He grants to us eternity. He, he, we, we, we get our inheritance when we overcome the struggles of this world. He never said it was going to be easy. He constantly, throughout the Word, talks about those who overcome, to those who endure to the end. I pray for you today that you endure to the end, that, that you find your strength in Him. There's no strength anywhere else. I, I can't endure the things that I see every day without my faith in Him, without my life connected to Him. I've got to have Him. I've got to have Him moment by moment with my life today. So I want to encourage you get connected. If, if, you're, not a, if you're not a believer, if you're not a follower of Christ, if you're not sold out, if you've not had that encounter with him, man, he's just waiting for you. Hand reaching out to you right now. All you have to do is accept it. All you have to do is recognize, hey, you know what, God, I I failed. I, I, I failed you miserably. I'm not living the way I need to live. God, I need your help. I need you to come into my life. I need you to pull me out of that miry clay. Like Peter in the boat, when he took his eyes off Jesus, and he began to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. Bible describes Jesus reached out and lifted him up. God will lift you up right now wherever you're at. He will lift you up and he will set you free. You're still going to struggle. There's still going to be challenges. The fight still remains. But if you read to the end, to those who overcome, we win. Don't give up the fight. Don't give up the fight. And keep pressing into him. And keep sharing his love with those around you. Shine this world needs us desperately right now and they need us strong God needs us to be his hands and feet here on this earth sharing his message of truth his message of peace and his message of love God bless you guys I hope you have a great Sunday great rest of the weekend stay cool this next week it's going to be a hot one um, we'll see where God takes us in the next week uh, I'll be back with you soon any questions anybody that has anything for me shoot me a message uh, don't forget we're on a podcast. We've got all these platforms. You can find us on Living Loud Outdoors uh, on the podcast search. You can listen to all these messages over the years that I've done. Uh, I've got a pile of them in there. Um, follow us on, on Facebook. Uh, we also have a website, www.livingloudoutdoors.com. Support us financially if you'd like. We'd love that. We do a lot with what you give. Uh, we do not take a salary. We do not make a living off of Living Loud Outdoors. Uh, most of the time it's 
<laughs> it's our income supporting what we do. So uh, I know a lot of you are supporting us. We love that. We appreciate that. And we continue to move it into God's kingdom to advance his kingdom. So God bless you. We will talk to you again real soon.